This is Elsian. Pronounced local. Oh, living a creative life. I'm Rawat Majdi. And I'm Muhammad Sirul. We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative. So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life. Today we have Sandy Ismail. She is a TV binge watcher by day, radio host by night. You might have heard her on the night ride with Sandy on 99.7. She's a yoga enthusiast, embroidery obsessed, and a mental health advocate in between. She also really loves cats and pizza. Welcome, Sandy. Hello, hello. Um, so do you like cats and pizza together? Cats um, and on no, pizza, pizza on never. cats. <laughs> this, is, this isn't a pineapple on pizza debate, thankfully, <laughs> but definitely no cats on my pizza, but my cats do steal my pizza. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like pineapple on pizza or? Uh, I feel like. Answer like, wisely. Like, oh no. <laughs> Look, I don't. I really don't. It just, it boggles my taste buds. And I feel like a part of me hates that because are my taste buds not that sophisticated or are they too sophisticated? Maybe. Mm. Whoever, who knows? I don't know. Right? I don't know. We're, we are not a pineapple on pizza um, home, but we do allow others to order pineapple on pizza. That's so nice But of we you. won't do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it won't, won't happen. won't happen in my home either. But yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are really excited to have you. Honestly, um, we've all heard you on 99.7. We grew up listening to 99.7. Now you're the friendly voice at night. In Ramadan, now these days, we're going to be um, listening to you on a different timing, but we are used to your beautiful voice and we're really excited to have you here on the podcast. Um, it's actually more special to me because I was like, for a couple of times I was in your studio. Yeah. And I was the one who was like, you know, a new position now. No. Yes, you are. <laughs> so we we revenge. Yeah, we're, <laughs> oh we're, no, you're right. I did kind of... Yeah. Not you. Other people maybe. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm but, sure somebody's yeah. listening and laughing and counting. Oh yeah. no, they're like revenge at last. <laughs> um but what I what I've noticed you doing lately and I think it's really beautiful and really incredible is um the embroidery. So I noticed that on your Instagram and I was like, Whoa, Sandy is like multi passionate in all different kinds of ways and that's so cool. So tell us a little bit more about what you do with the embroidery. All right, so embroidery, I, it started, let's go back in time. Oh, wow, <laughs> but, okay, go Well, for I it. mean, embroidery didn't start so long ago. This is something I picked up in January, but um, doing things with my hands, stitching, knitting, um, these kind of things started in my, I want to say not so distant youth, but we all know it was a distant youth. <laughs> it was a very distant youth. Um, so this started when I was about, six and it would be summers with my grandmother and i was the oldest grandchild it was just me and my brother and there's a three-year difference so if i'm six and he's three that's just no it's not not happening um and this is pre-internet this is pre anything cool that happens that now. old, huh? Oh my gosh! Oh, very. It was that long ago? Like I'm archaic. <laughs> so, um, so you know, we I remember sitting in the balcony with my teta, and uh, you know, she'd teach me how to knit. Uh, she'd teach me teach me how to stitch. It would keep me quiet because, like, why why is this happening, teta? And can we go out, teta? And uh, there's only so much she can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was my best friend. 
and my only friend really who, who do i know at the age of six in a country that I, I mean i go visit once a year uh so so basically it would just be me and her on the balcony and uh and yeah she taught me how to do these things so it was always in there this love to create things with my hands um so so it's always there art was always there and i think she sparked that in me so in january of this year i set an intention and i said okay 2019 will be the year that i learn how to embroider um, so i've done the knitting i've done all that cool stuff i've even made things like you know i i have like a sewing machine um so you know i've made like tiny little things i've done like an eye mask with lavender infused in it mm. all these fancy things <laughs> <laughs> but and and i would see all these beautiful accounts on instagram and they would create these really nice modern embroideries so it was like floral but with swear words in it and my brain my brind my mind <laughs> my mind and brain my my mind can compute this it's just like but how can it look so pretty but why is there a cuss word in it i don't understand yeah i've seen those they're so much fun <laughs> they are so much fun it's just it and and these people who have taken embroidery they've taken it to a whole other level and i said you know what i want to do this too and and the reason i love embroidery so much is because it helps me kind of come out of the sunken place. Um, and I say this, and the sunken place is a reference to Get Out, yeah. the film. And it takes me out of my own personal sunken place. Mm. And, and that's, you know, my constant, I want to say, battle and not struggle. My constant battle with um, my mental health, mm. and, you know, my anxiety and my depression. And this is something I'm very outspoken about. So it's not anything I hide or I'm ashamed of. Um, so, you know, I, I love this because it literally pulls me out every single time I, I stitch and all I can care about is the next stitch, the sound of the needle passing through the textile or the fabric. Um, and then at the end of it all is this beautiful piece. You know, to me, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's a very calming thing. And I didn't think it would be like this at all. I thought it would just be like, oh, I'm going to stitch and shala and shala and shala. It doesn't suck. But, you know, I loved it and I just kept going with it. Yeah. So, uh, Sandy, would you, would, you, would you think that crafting is your refuge out of your what's happening around you maybe or like inside or outside? Can you please talk to us more about this? I love that you called it a refuge. I absolutely love that because I never thought of it as a refuge. And that is a very intense word to find something or someone to be your refuge. And yes, absolutely. Embroidery has become my refuge um, because I find solace in repetitions. Mm. Um, absolutely. And it's, it's just quiet me time. And the only thing I literally can hear, as I mentioned earlier, is the needle passing through, the thread passing through. It makes this really beautiful, unique sound that you can't hear or you, you can't create it anywhere else. It's like this very unique thread passing through stretched out canvas. Um, and I find solace in that. I find refuge in that. It calms me tremendously. Um, and, and I am not a pill shamer whatsoever. A lot of people find that you know, going on medication has helped them or has become the refuge. And to them, I raise my turban, mm -hmm. <laughs> my hat. You know, it's 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 an intense decision. I've mm. been there. I decided mm. it wasn't for me. But if it's something that other people feel comfortable doing, then good on you. But in the last three years, I've been looking for ways to kind of 
calm my mind in other ways using my hands and i think this might stem to you know being like this only kid with my grandmother and it takes me back to a time where i was a lot more calmer a lot more happier it's like this nostalgic factor to it as well mm, so you kind of tap into this place of when things were simpler and it was just you and your grandma i find that really beautiful i have to say very poetic um Sandy, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, and I hope it's okay for me to ask, your mental health challenges and what you've been doing um, to advocate for that, as you call yourself a mental health advocate? Absolutely. All right. So my advocacy is, isn't very intrusive, at least I hope it's not, but I'm very open about my own personal struggles. Mm. And I started becoming very open in 2017. And I feel like when I started talking about my own mental health, a lot of people, this was on Instagram, um, I had a complete meltdown. I am not the type. And, you know, if people listening to this follow me on Instagram, I know you too do. Um, I don't do a lot of the talking into the camera. <laughs> I don't prefer that. I'm a little camera shy. Um, so so I don't. And there was just this one time, I think it was 2017, I want to say mid maybe. And I just couldn't. I lost it. And I went on my Instagram and I kept talking about how people feel and how social media is a lie. And it was, it was, it was so, it was a low point in my life um, mentally. But I was so surprised by, by how people were like, I feel like this, or I, I don't know what to do. And I kept saying, I'm like, you shouldn't be ashamed of how you feel. Like, you want to go to a doctor? That's great. People go to the dentist when their tooth hurts. Why can't you go to a therapist when your mind hurts you? Um, so, so yeah, and I just realized there are so many people out there who need help. And maybe, just maybe, talking about my own personal struggles will help them um, be a little more courageous and maybe not alone because a lot of us think we're alone especially in our society where it's no 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 don't talk about this people are gonna think you're crazy I ain't crazy <laughs> I ain't crazy <laughs> no you're not um, yeah you know and it was really hard it was really hard especially with my family because they're I'm not gonna say old school but they come from a time where you can't even say you're going to a therapist like you can't like and, you know, they'll say things like Mustafa Maganin. And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. call it that. Um, so, no, I feel like because I have been so outspoken about it, even my parents, like when I say, oh, my therapist said so and so, like just casual, like, you know, like my dentist said so and so. And I think it's I think it's beautiful that now I can say this, um, especially with my family. who are all like, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't say anxiety. Don't say depression. Don't do this. Don't say that. Now, you know, I can talk about it openly. And I think it was like, yes, it was hard. And yes, there were people who are like, you know, this is a little too personal. I don't think you should be sharing this online. These are like my followers on Instagram. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. It's my Instagram. But thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people listening in will relate to this idea of like, it's shameful or that people shame you for saying things like anxiety, for saying things like depression, for saying things like, I'm going to go see a therapist. That These days, things have changed. I would have to say things are changing one step at a time. And it's with the help of people who are open like you and who create this kind of tiny community um, within ourselves to say, okay, you know what? 
there are people dealing with mental health issues and we have to share this information. Otherwise, people are going to feel like they're alone. And so I think it's great that you were able to, I think I remember actually that story that you posted. I, I remember you sharing that you were feeling super anxious and you're talking about social media and all of that. I remember seeing that and I was like, wow, this is the first time that I've seen anybody be this raw on Instagram. And especially coming from you, Sandy, you have your amazing like yoga pictures and your, your radio pictures. And I love those. But to see that, I thought I was like, wow, this takes a lot of courage and I really appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. And I, I appreciate you saying that because it's it's very easy to break someone with words. It's so easy for someone to say something like, oh, you know, you're just doing this for Instagram. Mm. No, no, no. That, that, that was real. That was very real. And I don't just talk about it on Instagram. I talk about this on the radio. Um, and the first time I did it, I was so scared because <laughs> I'm talking about this on a national platform, a national public live platform. I have so much responsibility, you know, on the radio. I'm always scared I'd do something wrong because there are kids listening who are impressionable. There are adults listening who have like, you know, two fills extra to say on everything, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, I said, this is real. This is happening to so many people. Some people don't even know that it's a mental illness that they're struggling with or battling. Um, so I remember it was December of 2017, or what, it was October, I think, 2017. And October is, uh, I think October 10th is Mental Health Awareness Day, I believe, or is it the 8th? But it's Mental Health Awareness Day in October. And I had a psychiatrist come in talking to us about the importance of mental health and I had my hand on my heart the entire time. But it was great. We had people calling in and they were asking questions because they had no idea what was going on with them. Um, so, so it was wonderful. I was so elated that I could use my public platform to assist that way. It wasn't just about music. It wasn't about the latest celebrity gossip, but it was about something that affects so many of us on the daily. Um, so yeah, ever since then, I now have resolution and intention week at the end of the year. And I always make sure I have someone coming in talking about um, mental health and how to be more mindful for the upcoming year. Beautiful, beautiful. So on the topic of radio, how did you get into radio, Sandy? We'd love to hear more about that. Um, okay, well, I guess this is like a shift to a lighter note. Um, okay, so my start in radio was an absolute accident. This was 2009, and I was this super cocky freshman. Not freshman, university student. Freshman, I wish. <laughs> 2009. Um, <laughs> but I was just, you know, I was young, and there's just something about being in your early 20s where you really don't care, and you just feel like you can do anything, and you're invincible. And I was listening to the radio, and um, they were talking about how this man was trekking across Africa to raise, you know, money for cancer research. And I thought that was so wonderful. And the co-host, who's my friend, by the way, so now, <laughs> um, the co-host said something, oh, well, that's really boring. Let's talk about something more interesting. And the host proceeded to talk about an Arab pop star and what he was doing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> no. And I was on my way to university. So this was like a morning thing. And I was so shocked how this host completely 
undermined what this man was trekking across Africa. That's like, what? That's insane. Um, so I remember talking to my friend about it as one does. Um, and I'm sure I've said a couple of things that people have been like, could you believe what that woman on the radio said? So, so I pulled one of those um, and I told my friend, I'm like, could you believe what that woman on the radio said? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I remember I just, I was just ranting because I just, I felt so offended. <laughs> I felt so offended for this man for some reason. And and before I knew it, a few hours later, I get this call from a number I don't recognize. Hello? Yes, is Sandy? And I'm like, great, 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 great. What's happening? I'm like, yes. They're like, hi, this is Talal from, from, and it was like that station that he worked at. I'm like, cool, yeah. He's like, so my friend says that, you know, you didn't like what you heard today. I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, you think you can do a better job? And here I am, this 23-year-old, almost 23, and I'm like, Psh, I was born to do better. I could do, of course, like in my sleep. I hang up and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I, do I don't know if I can do this better in my sleep. Because he's like, cool, okay, show up tomorrow, 8 a.m., let's see what you got. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, cool, 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 I got this, I can do this, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can do this? I don't know what this is. But I go in there, super confident, super cocky i go in i'm like i can do this i was terrified i was quiet for two hours straight oh wow <laughs> two oh, wow. hours straight they were talking and i was just like what is this thing in front of me is it a microphone i can't do this um so so i sat there and and towards the end um Talal malik who now hosts the uh morning show mm. on marina fm um he he goes so um Three words to describe yourself, Sandy. It's the first thing I said. Like he finally, like you know, says like we have a guest in the show in the studio. Um, Sandy, describe yourself in three words. And I went, awesome, awesome, and awesome. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, Lee, Lee, why'd you do this? Why? <laughs> and he's like, okay then, cool. All right, that's the end of this show. Oh, no, wow. it wasn't the end of the show. No, sorry, no. And we talked about some random things and I think like after saying awesome, awesome, and awesome, it triggered some sort of like confidence in me, like false confidence. Okay. And it was like that Pringles ad, it's just like, tuk, 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 tuk. and then we ended the show. Um, and I was chilling with Talal in his office and he was showing me around because I'd never been on a radio. I don't know how it works. So he was showing me how songs were scheduled. He was showing me all these really cool things. And this man comes in and he opens up the door and he's like, Minohadi, Minohadi, who was this in the morning show with you? And I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm definitely going to get like, you know, I don't know, like punished for some oh, wow. reason. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening. And Paul's like, why? He's like, you need to find her number because we need to bring her in. We need to hire her. And I was like, me, it was me, 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 me. It was me, I was that woman. Um, so, so yeah, just an absolute accident. Um, and yeah, it's been love ever since. Now I'm really curious about, okay, the accident itself, we know about it, but <laughs> later with years, you've experienced being in a radio host. And I'm sure that you gained a lot. Like. The confidence on the radio and like you know talking to people like every day and you get what I'm saying. There's some kind of thing came out like it's something grew with you. Yes, um, me, I grew. <laughs> all right, um, all right. And to elaborate on that, I think you know I went from this. Um, I want to call myself an 
extroverted introvert that's a thing um and i am the quietest person you will ever meet i i will spend a good 10 hours just chilling with my cats during the day doing whatever is it i'm doing whether you know i'm practicing yoga at home or i'm doing my embroidery or i'm watching like 17 episodes back to back casual <laughs> doable i do that um so i'm i'm happy to be quiet and the radio brought out this completely different sandy like this very vivacious very loud mm -hmm. very opinionated sandy you know who also existed around specific people like you know a lot of people from high school remember me as that type of sandy but that's because i was this very quiet kid at home I think this was just like a way for me to be someone else i guess mm -hmm. i don't know um but maybe this stemmed out this feels like therapy now but this feels like it stemmed <laughs> out because i was always the tiniest one in my class i was always very young I was, I was a year younger than everyone so i was a year younger i was always smaller than everyone so i felt the need to make my presence known always by being the loudest or maybe the funniest or whatever it is that i tried to do to compensate for my tiny little size mm -hmm. back then wish i was tiny now though <laughs> but like um, you, you have created this new persona is that she she grew this persona i say she okay. and not me because mm -hmm. again i am a super quiet person which is why i'm very very camera shy mm -hmm. i'm very shy in person as well um i was at an event the other day and i was so shy i just like stuck to the people i knew and mm -hmm. and a lot of people can't believe that when they meet me they're like but you're so like all over the place on the radio i'm like yes in the little box with a tiny microphone, done. I don't see anyone. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean I don't like meeting new people or being around people. I love it. I I thrive off of it, as a matter of fact. Um, but yes, did it kind of help me grow? Did it give me another side? Yeah, it gave me a voice. It gave me, um, it enabled me to express this fun side of me. Now I have a question like about a small studio with a mic and all this kind of, you know, can we describe it as a comfort zone, okay? So I'm going to say something. If you agree, disagree, just talk to me about it, okay? And so do you believe that we actually create more or become more creative in our comfort zone? I think it's very easy to do both, but I also think it's very easy to become stagnant in a comfort zone. And I know, and I know that tiny little box of the microphone is my comfort zone. And I'm so scared to leave it, not just because it's my comfort zone, but because I love it so much. I used to do the radio for two years. I left for five on a quest to become an adult, um, you know? So I was like, I want to be an adult with a stable, you know, career. And I want to grow and be a, be a grown up with a real job, real in air quotes. <laughs> So I got a corporate desk job that made me miserable for five years. I mean, sure, you know, I could do what I want because the money was good, but if it makes you miserable, it's, it's expensive, isn't it? So it didn't matter how much I made. I was so sad all the time. So I quit that really cool, not really, <laughs> desk job and all the perks that comes with corporate to keep you enslaved behind a desk. No offense to anyone in corporate. Sorry. Down with capitalism. But, um, but I, I left right. it. I left it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, I, but I left it and I went back to the radio and it's been two and a half years and I love it. I always have. I always will. 
that's beautiful. That's that's definitely beautiful. And I think there's nothing wrong with being within your comfort zone because you can be like the ball bouncing around the room and doing what you <laughs> what you uh, what you can with the space that you have. I think that's really beautiful. Can I, can I just add that you know I love what you said about you know our comfort zone. Like it's okay being in a comfort zone, but I think that's why I try to expand myself outside of the studio. And that's where I found yoga and that's where I found embroidery. And that's where I found like these things that I, I would have never found them in a studio. Um, so I, I try to push my boundaries outside of, I, I don't think I want to call the studio my comfort zone and maybe just like the place that I love. <laughs> well, yeah, outside of the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the new, like the yoga place that you, practice and mm-hmm. becomes in your new comfort zone my new comfort zone and i broke away from that and i found embroidery so there you go so there you go see the like, yeah. to another i think that's great that's yeah. beautiful yeah um so sandy obviously you are not living the traditional adult life you've left your corporate um desk job um you're now working in a radio or uh, I don't know why I'm talking the way I am. You left. <laughs> say, okay. Let me restart. Yeah, yeah. It's day two of Ramadan. You're okay. Yeah, it's like <laughs> nearing Ftur. I forgot my words. So, Sandy, you're very obviously not living the typical traditional adult life. You have a job at a radio. You um, do a lot of yoga. Maybe yoga is an adult thing now. I think that you can't really be an adult until you do a lot of yoga, I guess. Agreed. Um, (laughs) You're doing embroidery as well. You do a lot of different stuff, and they're definitely not very traditional. Um, So have you gotten any kind of backlash or any has anybody ever said that maybe you're not doing real stuff um and i hear it the most from my parents okay (laughs) i mean i don't blame them they're generation x they were the ones who went out into the workforce and the whole world was open to them wasn't it and anything they wanted to do they had to work really hard for but it was there and it was attainable um us millennials I feel it was so hard for us, wasn't it? I mean, Generation X are still sitting on their thrones, being their desks. They're not moving. They, they, you've got CEOs that have been on their... They're in the corner they're, office. Yeah. They're, not, they're not going yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're iron throne for the last three decades. It's like, yo, we want to grow too. And I feel what sets us apart is how frustrated we've become with not being able to find opportunities for ourselves so we decided to make them and we're not afraid to say you know what this job makes me miserable so I'm gonna leave I I I remember my mom saying but it doesn't matter if it makes you miserable it's your career I'm like what (laughs) no I've heard that yeah Yeah, I've heard that exact words like Yeah. yeah this is this is what they believed in that was that was their mindset like it doesn't matter if it makes me miserable you know it pays the bills and I have a career and I'm succeeding and I'm growing every year so it doesn't really matter uh yeah although I would believe like sometimes you have to put that in mind to a certain to a certain limit like, don't stay in a very toxic workplace just because they pay you the, the you know, salary at the end of the month. But I'm an advocate for the idea of don't go, don't go big or go home, you know? Like, you know, this idea, because you, I do believe that usually people go home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly then going big, yes, yeah. I get it. <laughs> So uh, it's being careful with by taking such decision of like leaving your corporate job, seeking what you need, like you know, 
I would I would advocate the idea of like take your time, practice your passion, you know, let it grow. Make sure there's a plan B. Yeah. So you actually have zero plan B. You don't have a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> but you left you left your corporate job and you went right into radio, right? I went right back to yeah, it. Yeah, you went right back mm. into radio. So you had the job waiting for you. You had the ability to make that move. I think and what, she had the experience. And the experience, yep. So you made the move based on like, uh, you made a very intelligent move. But I think what Salud is talking about here is that there's a lot of people, and I think specifically creatives, because we have this kind of like a, oh, castle in the sky, I'm going to quit my job and, you know, chase after my passion kind of thing. And we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Um, And then they try to go big and then they end up going home. And so I think... I would love to hear what your advice would be on somebody who kind of feels limited within their day job. And they're like, I don't really like it. And I, it is kind of making me miserable and I need the money and I can't just quit without something. So how did you decide to make the jump, Sandy? How did I decide to make the jump? And what did you prepare before that? You know, I'm pretty sure like both of you look at me and there's like, you know, a really like, you know, super smart, you know, piece of advice or like a story. But it was literally like, hi, can I come back to the radio? Yes. Cool. Okay, <laughs> bye. I'm leaving. You know, that, it was, yeah, well, that, it was that, sometimes that, like that's that. That's not easy. It sometimes that's like that. that. Yeah. But it was also like the backstory, I think, to this was five years of corporate And it was so miserable. I remember I wanted to go back to the radio six months into corporate, but I was like, no, I don't want to give up on being an adult or the idea I thought I needed to have as an adult. You know, the idea that was indoctrinated, you know, university, you're done, you get a job, a few years into it, you get married, a few years into it, you have a kid, a few years into it, they go to school, a few years into that, they go to university, they get married. And it's like this really vicious cycle. And here I am, this pride and joy of my parents sarcasm (laughs) absolute disappointment i'm sure they'll never say it to my face but i never did what they i think thought i would be doing i don't i'm not doing what i thought i'd be doing i thought you know university would be done from here i go and get my master's and my phd in post-colonial literature so whoa what a jump from what i thought i'd be doing from post-colonial literature to talking about the Kardashians on the radio. FYI, don't talk about the Kardashians. I just really wanted an extreme. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it's just things happen. And I, when you find your voice, you find it. And for me, I literally found a voice, a literal voice. Um, and then once you did, you couldn't quiet it. I couldn't. I couldn't. I tried. I did five years of corporate. I didn't do six months when I wanted to cave in six months into it, I was like, no, I can do this. I'm an adult, mama. No, no, no. Five full years of being miserable. Again, this is just my experience, my personal experience. I know people who have been doing corporate for so long and they are excelling. And they are, exactly, they're so happy. I am not one of those people. Yeah, sorry, but not sorry. Understandable. (laughs) Sandy, thank you so much for having uh, with us Dude, this is starting to become a thing. Yeah, I, 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 I Every time get, we want to wrap up the episode. Yeah, I don't know what. Go has ahead, Sandy. Give that's it another Thank shot. you so much, Sandy. Uh, that was amazing. It's okay. It's okay. 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 Day two. Day Salud two. Salud translator. 
We so really much. loved having you. We really love talking to you about your embroidery and mental health and corporate jobs and how you broke out of the capitalistic machine. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> She's right though. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Sandy. you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't believe it's been almost hour. I can't believe it. This is so fast. Um, thanks for for letting me feel what it's like being on the other side of the microphone. You're welcome. Um, yo, yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> it like, was our It's like he's pleasure. been carrying it for a year. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I can't wait to hear what other guests have to say as well. So thanks for, for this initiative. I think it's wonderful. Thank you.